0: Welcome to Horror and More with Anya Gore. I am your horror mistress and your host, Anya. And today I have a very special guest, Kevin. Welcome, Kevin.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I appreciate you bringing me on. It's been, been pretty excited to do it.
0: Well, yeah, and we can, we can tell our listeners as well that we did attempt to do this episode. And our first attempt at this was really good. That... Yeah. That episode was awesome. So it was a little bit um, disappointing that we couldn't salvage the sounds. So
1: mm-hmm. for
0: anyone that doesn't know, um, sometimes editing when you have certain microphones or certain earphones can become problematic and difficult. Absolutely. And that's what happened is both of our mics were duplicating each other and it was going to be really Difficult to edit individual audio tracks. So we have decided to re-record it
1: But hey, I mean that's a hell of an effort honestly because you you did better than most people that I know that consider themselves professional I I have I mean, I'll be on council meetings and and The last two I had I had to stand up because we were sitting for so long. I'm like, gosh, I can't I can't even pretend to sit in this stop spot for four hours. Like it's just not gonna happen. Four <laughs> gonna, hours? I got a pace. For, oh my gosh, four, I think the first, the one before the last one was about four hours. And it was, it was over something completely inane. It was crazy. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. It's like this, it's one plus one is two. How's this, how's this not like, like sticking? But here we are, it was four <laughs> hours. <laughs> Started at 6, got out at 10.
0: Jeez. And what <sighs> is what yeah. is this a council for?
1: Oh, so I am a councilman, a borough councilman. I was elected last year. Um, I won my election by a landslide in a town of about 5,000 people. Um, I got about 1,700, uh, uh, I think 1,700 votes out of a possible 2,400 people who voted. So more than half the town voted. Wow. Wow. Um, And uh, yeah, I won the one-year term. Um, I just kind of decided I was going to get involved because I'm already kind of involved. Um, I didn't expect the town to be so uh, open. I I knew I was going to win. I always think I'm going to win, but (laughs) I I won by a lot and I was like overwhelmed. There's a picture of me on Instagram with my fiance, ugly crying. (laughs)
2: <laughs> like,
1: oh. like ugly crying like oh my god like not only did we win the, the the first night when the ballots were getting counted it took a week for everything i was up by 500 votes already i was like what wow. the heck yeah, the next guy could the my opponent had 67 votes <laughs> it, was, it was crazy wow so, well it,
0: congratulations yeah, it,
1: thank you i mean it has been an interesting ride i only do it for one year they asked me to run Uh, again for the three year spot but I told them I would not which was disappointing for them but I mean it's one of those things where if I couldn't give like a hundred percent to it uh, it wouldn't be fair to the people who believe in me Um, so I realized I have like a ton of stuff that's going on artistically it's one of those things where everything that I'm doing professionally artistically and both I threw at, like everything at the wall to see what st- sticks, and they're mm. all sticking. So, all at the
0: same time, right? <laughs>
1: all at the same time. So I was like, "Well, I gotta, I gotta, if I gotta lean in, like I've already leaned in for years, but now it's like, wow, this is, this is crazy. I, I have to, I have to run forward with this, and, and it was this point, but it was, it was a lot of fun being a council person. I, I could say, you know, I was the first African American council member in the 150 year history of the town.
0: Wow, that's um, yeah, huge! Well, congrats. That was uh,
1: that was that was really cool. So made a little history. That you know that that's really cool. I'll, that's I not a little history.
0: That, so that's that's pretty big.
1: I I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's very cool to to kind of make that type of mark, um, and and whatnot. So it's it's really cool. It's been great. I've made a lot of headway. Did a lot of did almost everything that I wanted to do uh, and, and help the town. The town's been, uh, suffering since Sandy and it finally got back on its feet. And, and, uh, we actually got one of the, uh, the massive disaster loans forgiven, which was like my main thing. So now the wow. town doesn't owe the, the, town doesn't owe the government like tens of millions of dollars. Um, so that was awesome. So if I go out, I went out on that. That's amazing. That was my, my main goal.
0: That is huge. And you are a man that wears, so many hats let's let's talk about that talk about what (laughs) you do and everything that you stand behind
1: i am okay so i am a professional filmmaker specifically screenwriting i've been screenwriting since i was in college i sold my first script to 22 um and then while i was doing that was playing professional basketball uh so I was bouncing both of those. I became a cinematographer about 10 years, 12 years ago. Um, I have uh, produced podcasts. Um, I do it basically, if it's artistic, I've probably done it and <laughs> am doing it. Uh, I I uh, manage bands. I produce for bands, a lot of rock. Uh, I have a rock label. Uh, so I've worked in everything music, film, and uh analog photography photography in general uh probably my whole life so i was kind of a nerd and a jock at the same time uh and i was able to balance both of those until you know because eventually as an athlete your body says okay we're done and i was ready to be like okay i'm i'm okay with that and i was able to move into all the other stuff that i do and it's been it's been fantastic it's it's uh, i'm very very lucky uh to have the support i have but uh to have uh, the work ethic of being an athlete translates to everything else. So I just kind of go as hard as I possibly can on everything. Because if I love it, I'm going to go hard. And that's, that's just what I do.
0: Well, that's awesome. I mean, it, 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 the photography especially, I love your aesthetic. And I love what you're
1: doing. I cannot describe to you the butterflies I get with 35 millimeter and Polaroid. Like, I do digital. You know, I do a lot of digital when I'm, like, recording. Or like being a cinematographer, but even now, I mean, if thirty-five millimeter wasn't so expensive to film on, mm-hmm. I'd probably do that a lot. Uh, but uh, yeah, my my whole my whole thing is analog, uh, just thirty-five millimeter film and Polaroid, and I've done a lot of work for a couple, a number of companies, done a lot of stuff with Polaroid. It's it's been great. It's it you know it's a, it you have to believe in that aesthetic in order for it to to start to sing a little bit and you if you're really really good which they tell me i am i still think i'm always learning but uh you always end up uh moving to the next level very fast especially if you showed the uh uh the enthusiasm and the want to learn and get better and i think i've, I've continuously showed that and try to every day
0: well i think it's obvious in your pictures i mean everything you post is just it's so visually enticing
1: I appreciate that. That means a lot. That means honest to God, that means that's 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 the whole point. It just makes me very happy to hear people say that to me. That means I'm doing something right and I'm gonna keep doing and <laughs> keep doing it.
0: You are doing something right, a hundred percent. I mean, also your enthusiasm for everything that you really wanna do is it's contagious.
1: I I do my best to I mean like it's one of those things where, you know, when you love something yeah you know, you, if you want to keep doing it you know you got to you got to try to your harvest to kind of be all about it and yeah. then when you get to that level where someone's like hey i'll pay you to do this that's the goal like you know the, that's the goal to do something you love and not wake up every day going geez, i hope i don't have to do blah 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 um someone gave me that opportunity while i was playing basketball you know i had to <laughs> for lack of a better saying, i had to bust my ass to to really to get to that level, to play professionally, mm-hmm. to get into the summer league, to play in Euroleague, um, but it was worth it because I got to play a game and people paid me good, great money to do so. Um, so now I look at it from the perspective of, you know, people bring me in as a screenwriter. I love writing. I write in my sweep. I, and it's uh, filmmaking, analog photography. Some the idea that someone's going to let me profit off of the things that I think I'm meant to do. Uh, it's important, and that's why I'm always happy because you you don't really work when you love what you do. You know, uh, it's uh, it's uh, I, my fiance actually said to me, uh, we made it. We were talking about the lottery, and I've really have played the lottery like two or three times in my life, and she was asking me like, oh, what would you do if we won a billion dollars? And the first thing I started doing was naming off camera equipment. <laughs> she's like, she's like, you're the only person I know who would win a billion dollars and still want to do those things that would require you to do a lot of work. And I'm like, but she understood that and she loved that. She was like, because I'm like, it's not work for me. It's a, yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot of love. It's a lot of fun. Um, and, it, and the biggest thing for me is I always try to bring in people because uh, I always believe someone gave me a chance to do the things I love professionally. Then whenever I find someone who's really good at something or has an idea, I will do whatever I can to help that person uh, just to get to that point. Even if that means we all form a team and we all, one of us get there, then we all get there. Uh, Cause I don't think people should just work themselves into the ground and then look up and go, damn, I wish I did that. You know, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I mean,
0: it, it's awesome. I, I, I appreciate you. I can speak to that very, very, very confidently. And I'm so glad that we came together as organically as we have
1: yes so yes, very much so
0: tell the listeners how how we found each other how we came into our our creative space together
1: so it started with uh actually um west coast stranger um uh, brewster he uh, hosts a podcast uh, no stranger to horror Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fantastic podcast, and he and I go back and forth. He shares like memes, but he also shares like really cool horror film and horror inspired because uh, it's it's such a big community, but it gets it doesn't really get the attention past like you know the the Michael Myers and the Jasons and all. But there's like a whole diff there's a whole sub genre beneath that that really revels in the horror, and he really exemplifies that. Mm-hmm. And he shared a picture of this maniacal-looking uh, mask on, on this person, <laughs> who I had no clue who it was, but it was a corn corncob mask, uh, corny, and it for a guy who has one thing that I've struggled to do but been able to do somewhat but not in a great way was write horror. All of my horror turns into a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it turns into more of the Simon Pegg, you know, Shaun of the Dead type stuff. And... I was desperate to find something that would bring up the slasher. I love a good eighties nineties slasher. I want to bring that into, you know, past scream and past, uh, uh, I know what you did last summer and stuff like that. And I, I struggled, I have struggled mightily with it. And then I saw this picture and this picture kept me up at night. (laughs) I I wrote and I was writing and I'm like, who is this? Who did this? And I, I hunted you down. I was like, okay, I have to figure, I had to not only just find out, all right, this is a cool profile. So like, no, no, I gotta say, hey, look, you might've just, you opened the door to something that I've genuinely been trying to capture in a bottle for almost 16 years. I just could not, and then like, you know, I know we recorded this last time, but since then, it's like, this has been amazing. And you've become sort of a, from that... And there was a couple other things you've done. It's like, wow, this you've sort of been the muse for all the horror things that I've not been able to really put to paper. But it's weird because you would make it visually happen. And I'm like, holy crap, that's awesome. Um, and that's how we really came to be. And, and it's worked out really, really well. I'm I really thankful for you because I have just, it just opened up everything in terms of what I've struggled with horror-wise and knowing that the things that I'm writing are going to be really, really good. It's a, a, and I I have you to thank that for.
0: Well, I'm so glad that you reached out to me to tell me that because I don't know if my, my, any of my images have done that for anybody else, right? They've never, not Mm -hmm. the kind of response I usually get for my horror pictures from men, especially is Mm. not, is not very professional.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Actually, being real, when I, it took me a second to, I'm like, okay, wait, all right, how do I approach this without sounding <laughs> weird? Like, it was like, cause it's the internet and, you know, like for every one person that's like, oh, this is cool. And then they leave it at that. There's probably 20 that are like, okay, I got to block that person. So yeah. I was very, <laughs> I was very, very, I was like, how do I approach this and let her know that I'm seriously, about this character this is crazy and i just kind of went for it and it worked out really well
0: mm-hmm. it did it did but i mean the fact that you even took a moment to to consider that puts you into that professional genre right because there's I, I, yeah. most most men that message me have no filter they just say whatever they want because i guess they mm-hmm. think that all of the images are doing are for them i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a very weird thing i've worked with you know models and and, and... It's very hard for women, almost across any genre that mm-hmm. they, that they understand what they are and what they can do and how they could move forward by you know really taking advantage of their beauty or, or their intelligence or their obsessions with specific things and genres without it necessarily automatically making a man think it's sexualized for them. Mm-hmm. And I witness those things and I go, man, like, how do you I always try to make sure that the person I'm speaking to knows from a professional standpoint, like you've inspired me. So this is how you've inspired me. Um, and it's unfortunate because there's for you know, for me to have to think that way is because of what's happened in the actions of other men who just say off the cuff, pretty vile things. I can't even imagine what your inbox must look like. So <laughs> it's, I, I, I reached out to a model early today and I emailed her, even though we've had conversations on Instagram, man, uh, she's like, why'd you email me? I said, cause I know your inbox is a mess right now. She goes, you're sweet. It is, but I would have, I would have found you. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm like, like, holy crap. Like, but that I, I give all of you women so much credit, you know, cause it's, it's not easy to be creative without someone automatically trying to make it something about them. Mm -hmm. when you're just trying to be about you so it's it's hard enough as it is and i give you guys a a large amount of credit it's not easy but you guys kick ass doing it so it's good
0: it's nice to hear you say that because there are a lot of men that are like you and like-minded that way and it's hard sometimes to not just automatically assume that this man wants to connect with me because he has ulterior motives yes
1: yes it's it is a, it is, I mean, any, any woman who does any modeling, I, it's, it's, I, I'm not even, I'm not surprised if, you know, there was like, okay, skepticism or anything. It's allowed, obviously, because of all the things you've probably encountered before I even came to you. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of sad, really, because, you know, there are people who aren't open, but they aren't open about it because of what they've encountered. And the internet's a gross place sometimes, <laughs> most times. So it's like, the internet's rough. And, you know, I can't, like I said, your inbox must be awful. It's, it is not, you know, but the thing is, you know, the for the ones who really think the way I do, we find a way. You just got to find another way and make sure that you always put out there, hey, this is what I'm about, nothing else. Uh, but but I, I'd even say, I'll, I'll throw... My own gender under the bus. A lot of, most of the men are, there's an ulterior motive. And it sucks. And it mm-hmm. sucks because it ruins it for people like myself who's just looking to honestly be inspired and very happy in his own situation without having to reach across the internet and make some, you know, some woman feel uncomfortable or gross. And um, there's not enough of that coming out because there's still many people being gross beyond that. So, but I give you, like I said, tremendous amount of credit. To kind of deal with it and persevere, and you guys, you um wait—is it Melissa? Is it Melissa? The, uh, who's yeah. yeah, yeah. Melissa, you guys do fantastic work. It's it's awesome, you know, making scenes and and I'm just like, wow, they, this is really really cool. So,
0: well, thank you. I appreciate that. Getting back into that, I mean, we could have a whole episode about. <laughs> talking about you know gender inequality racial inequality like everything you know as as you would know like when i'm a woman and i am always on guard there's never a moment where i am not always on guard so
1: yes especially you know given what you do and what you want to do and the things you aspire to do yeah you can't just do them without concern you have to do them and be like okay what is this who's going to come at me now it's unfortunate. It, it, I hate that people have to, to kind of be that way. And but at least, I mean, I want to say it's getting better, but I feel like the internet's making it worse. <laughs> you know,
0: it is but at the same token, the way that I look at it is about 90% of all of the messages that I get, I just delete them, I ignore them, yep. don't yep. respond. But the messages where i find where there's a little bit of a body to it and if it's approached at the beginning as a very respectful like hi how are you i like your stuff that sort of thing then i'll take a moment to actually read it whereas mm-hmm. you know if it's the hey how you doing or oh, oh you look good then i'm like no i'm out i'm not even gonna finish I'm not, reading this <laughs> I'm
1: not gonna even get through the whole thing i already know what this is gonna go oh
0: yeah i had one guy tell me today um, that he, he just forthrightly shared that he does mass masturbation art, which I did not know was a thing.
1: That's a, th- that's I, a thing. That I, wow. I learned something new today. <laughs> then,
0: is it, is that in the same realm as voyeurism and exhibitionism? I guess so. Uh, but uh, I didn't even know that, that that was a, wow. to me, that's just porn,
1: but yeah, maybe. It's, it's, yeah. I don't, I'm not, I. I'm literally just trying to go, okay, so there's a canvas. I don't don't know. (laughs) Don't Don't come up the stairs,
0: honey. I'm doing my art.
1: (laughs) He's like, wow, you've been doing your art for a while. Leave me alone. This is for the men. It's it's, masturbation art. And the thing is, you can't even Google it because you don't even want to know what pops up when you do that. (laughs) Like, I'm going to look it up. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, no. No, no, no. Again, that's just, like, that would be porn, but I I don't know. I I found something new out today because a man just (laughs) shared it with me right away and then asking Uh, me if I wanted to join Snapchat. No. No, I do not.
1: I could just feel the grossness of that, like, automatically. (laughs) I'm like, oh, this is, this whole thing, like, it's like, in my head, I always think of, like, the people who do this, and I go, has this actually worked for you? Like... (laughs) Like, does this maybe there's really...
0: a, maybe there's a fetish for it. I mean, there's, maybe, you know, there's, uh,
2: it's crazy that, stuff it, out there.
1: What is that rule of was it rule thirty, rule sixty six, or rule thirty four? If it exists, there's probably a porn for it,
2: 100%. or a fetish,
1: or a kink. And yeah. you know, every time I say nah, then something weird happens, and I go, oh, you know what? That might be accurate as hell. <laughs>
0: I mean, I think if masturbation art is an actual thing, it sounds to me it's more about the person doing it and how they feel and how they get off on it than the actual receiving of it. But yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, trying to wrap my brain around it, and I keep coming back to: Is there a canvas? Like, I'm I'm like, what's what are the what are the tools? What are the tools here? Like, I I I kind of want to ask i'm not going to i don't
0: want to ask him but i i'm yeah when you say it like that i'm curious i'm like
1: what are the tools how have we gotten here that's what this is
0: (laughs) oh that's too good um so okay so circling back to you and you you're a screenwriter Mm -hmm. um and you've written yeah this this script about corny and i still i'm so excited to read it i can't wait Mm -hmm. why don't why don't you talk about this journey that you are taking with this website and all of the projects that you're connecting with that
1: oh so uh so what's happened is and and this is really off the advice of kind of going back to what we were talking about before which is I, i do a lot of things um i do a lot of artistic things and professional things and um i've been able to apparently do them well and kind of wrap my entire life around them specifically with scheme writing and photography. And what I've done is cause I also have done stand up comedy. Uh, I still do. I write for a bunch of comedians. Um, and at some point someone was like, well, you do a lot of things and I was getting recognized in area and I was in New York and I produce and he's like, well, you do so much. Why don't you just put it all together? And I was like, I mean, that's a good idea but i don't think anyone in my head for self-deprecation purposes i'm like mm-hmm. who the hell is going to care what i do um but at the same time it was like okay well it will be easier for me to kind of put everything together plus i know some really creative people that i think if there are people who care about what i do they should care what they do as well mm-hmm. um and uh it started with uh, a friend of mine asked me to uh produce his uh podcast uh, which is baseball po- a baseball podcast that's done really well, but they've kind of fallen off, and they all came to me like, "Look, we were they were they were actually doing really well. They were with a big network, and then it kind of fell off, and life got in the way, and now they're trying to get back." And they they knew I did it, so they brought me on, and that kind of sprung an idea, and they were then it started with the next one was um, a podcast called Ask the Lesbians, a comedian in the area. Uh, her name is Sabrina. Uh, she's uh, like dryly funny. It's like the best type of funny. Like she just says things and you're like, that is funny as hell, but her face will never change. Oh, I Um, love that. Yeah. She's really, really good. I I, I don't know if enough people tell her that, but she started a, um, a podcast with her now fiance and, um, I love them both. They're just good people and they're doing, they're just doing really good things. And, Realistically, some people just need an advocate to get them out there. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll help. They asked me to come on as a producer, and I started producing them. Then, the two uh, podcasts that I mentioned earlier, yours and West Coast Strange uh, um, or No Stranger to Horror, mm-hmm. I'm a big horror guy, and watching the both of you do your versions of this within this genre and subgenre is inspiring, and... I think more people need to listen to what you do, and more people need to listen to what he does. And I came to like, hey guys, would you like to kind of join this little collective, this network, um, to kind of uh, you know let me utilize the fact that people love talking to the tall guy and giving him money, which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you should you know, tell I our listeners
0: how tall you are because now they're probably curious.
1: I am six eleven. I I am six eleven. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's how I play professional basketball. So, but yeah, I'm 6'11", and I'm I'm very good in front of people. I'm not shy. Um, Shocking. I've always been been very good at uh, chasing down sponsors and and investors and stuff like that. And, And I came to the thought process of, let me utilize the fact that there are people from a film and an art world that care about seeing me, knowing what I'm there for that and and utilize that for people who can get to a certain point and we can move together as a team. Um, and then I, I asked both of you guys and you both were, uh, in and I was really excited about that. Probably more so excited than anything else. Um, <laughs> and it started the, uh, Kevin L podcast network. And, uh, actually Brewster just sent me, uh, his first episode since coming on. And then, you know, this will probably be the next one, but mm-hmm. we have it all. It's going to be all done in a couple of days. I'm really excited. Uh And we have two more podcasts that are going to jump on. So it's actually growing. Uh And uh, I was able to get two major, major sponsors for the baseball podcast already as of last Friday. So it's all working out. And I just feel like utilizing that Ability versus really creative people who deserve to have more people hear them than what is, you know, currently in front of them is a perfect combination. Um, And every, you know, if you guys win, I win. And if I win, you guys win. Um, And I feel like that's the right way to go. Uh, And I'm pretty excited about it. I think the beginning of next year is going to be jam packed with a lot of stuff. And um, I hope I able to make a difference and and kind of blow everybody up.
0: You will. (laughs) I just, I have a feeling people just sit and listen to you talk.
1: (laughs) It it is a weird thing. When I was younger, I used to think I talked too much. And now that's probably the thing that like, if you look on my Instagram, uh, my fiance, we were at a, a bar in town called Inlet Cafe and she's, I sit down and I'm talking and these two, uh, three elderly women, and I'm just talking to them. And she takes a video and the caption is, Kevin can literally talk to anybody.
2: I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh,
1: and she's, she laughs because it doesn't matter because she's like a little more shy and I'm not. So I could just talk, you can put me in a situation, uh, English, German, or Spanish or slash Portuguese, and I'm probably going to be able to at least have a conversation with you. In some which way, shape, or form, and uh, she posted that, and it's weird. When I was younger, I was an active person, but I was, I was kind of quiet uh, because I played sports. So I really didn't talk much, and then that changed. Uh, so it's a, it's, it's just I'm very comfortable. It takes a lot for me to be uncomfortable. Um, so it, I'm very comfortable in almost every setting, and even if I'm not, I'll probably talk my way in or out of it anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I like that. It's good. You're in the right field then, especially if you like it, right?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: But so for those listening, um, Kevin has come on as producer on my podcast, which I'm excited about. I'm and very
1: excited about that. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's taken a bit of a lull because figuring out getting the right, you know, new equipment and then getting the new platform and the new editing software but now that I think I've got that all finalized and figured out I want it to get back into picking up steam again so I'm excited
1: yeah so am I I mean just just the from the photography standpoint your ideas and then how you what you talk about and how you feel about them like you say about my passion I feel the passion for what you you love doing And, and and realistically there are people who might have similar podcasts that don't have the passion that you do for what you do. And that mm. makes it very easy to go, Oh, we just got to, all we have to do is get the right ears on this and this thing's going to blow up. And I'm very, very confident about that.
0: Well, you're definitely the person that's going to get us there. I can say that. I appreciate
2: that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you're on imdb people need to go over and find you and look into you like you have lived 40 different lives i don't know how you aren't exhausted and sleeping all the time
1: it's it is a uh, it is one of those things where if i'm awake i'm doing something (laughs) and then (laughs) it's, it's 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 always that it's it's up at up at six, and then I'll, I'm probably going to at least 11 or 12, and then I'll probably try to sleep for three or four hours, but I'll wake up at this. Years of traveling because of basketball, the time zones have completely messed me up. So my sleep patterns are an absolute mess. Uh, and sometimes I get, a, you'll be like, wow, you good? I was like, yeah, He's like, you only slept for four or five hours. I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's great. Four <laughs> or five hours for me is amazing i think if i slept eight hours i i think i've done that a couple of times and i wake up feeling like i have a hangover <laughs> it's like it's it's a weird thing but yes if i'm if i'm awake i'm doing something and i'm i'm trying to always uh, the motto is forever forward so you know always try to move forward in everything you do
0: i love that that's so good also i wanted to mention just I forgot to mention it while we were talking about West Coast Strange. Uh, I've chatted with him a little bit now. So thank you for connecting us. But he lives really, really close to me.
1: See, you know, I really thought about that and I I don't know why it didn't really come to me (laughs) because he I was like, wait a minute, they're both. I think they're both in Vancouver. And I don't know why of all the things that I that never that never even connected to me. It was so funny.
0: Well, he doesn't. So he's not in Vancouver. He's uh, on one of the islands, Victoria. Islands, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is an awesome island. I love Victoria, but it comparably in the large universe yes. of of horror, that is crazy close.
1: He he actually <laughs> lives. So when I worked on um, when I worked on the set out in in Vancouver, because everybody that isn't filming in New York or Atlanta or L.A. is probably in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. He lives. Where he actually lives on Victoria is not too far from the apartment I had while I was living out there for seven months. Wow! It's, it's you know it's one of those things where you think of man how many times did I pass this guy? I know. <laughs> like it's it's awesome to think about that. But I love I love Vancouver. Like love Vancouver. It's uh it just gives it's a mix of everything that I like and then some. It's 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 such a it's a cool place to be. And it was my first time being in Vancouver when I worked there. And I was like, wow, this is this is great. I mean, I probably wouldn't have left if, if I didn't start getting more and more work. But Vancouver is a cool place.
0: Well, thank you. I, I mostly enjoy it. I'm tired of the rain. It rains,
1: it rains all a
0: lot. the time. <laughs> yeah.
1: it, rain, it rains like, I think it's a tie between, of all the places I've lived, London and Vancouver. Hmm just mm-hmm. like and it's not like oh it's gonna rain for a day or two no no this is this is sustainable this is <laughs> this is gonna rain for a while
0: oh yeah there was one time i don't remember when it was i want to say it was in the past year where it rained for 28 or 29 days straight without a break wow
1: yeah. wow yeah oh seasonal depression in a half i Holy know <laughs>
0: You know, and it's funny, too, because my husband and I always talk about how we want to move to California so badly. If if it didn't have the politics and the health care, oh. I would be there oh, in a man. heartbeat.
1: See, that's the thing. Like, it, I remember when I first moved in back into the country full time, which was about four years ago, maybe four or five years ago. And I remember the first time I saw a hospital bill, <laughs> And I was like, what is this? giving <laughs> like, you a oh. heart attack to go back I'm like, like geez. I'm like, like are you joking right? he's like what you never i said like, literally over i had a hernia surgery in austria i never saw a bill ever wow. just because they were like well you would have died if you didn't get this hernia yeah. okay cool and they're like all right well glad you're okay see you later and i never saw a bill <laughs> never sniffed a piece of paper yeah. and it, it, it in america it is uh It is different to, (laughs) to say the least. And like, you know, in Canada, imagine that a system that's not trying, not hoping that, you know, that's actually helping you to survive. Whereas in America, it's the opposite. California is awesome. California is, parts of California are really awesome and super expensive. Yeah. Uh, And uh, like, we're moving back out west which i'm very excited about uh where are you guys gonna
0: west. move to
1: so i lived in vegas for about five years right uh and we're moving back out to vegas uh, we You are, to... Yay. yes uh so we uh actually went out there for our engagement photos and uh because it was actually her idea we went out and she loved it my friends my two best friends uh live out there and they really rolled out the red carpet and they were like, and she's not like a partier. She's more of a, let me see everything else about Vegas that is not the strip. And they went all out. And we got back and she was like, I love it out there. I'm like, cool. You want to move there? She goes, absolutely. <gasps> and I was like, yes, this is awesome. Plus, the cost of living there is significantly less than living in the shadow of New York. So uh, a lot of stuff that we're doing now, we can do a lot of out there. Uh, and it's 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 a comp- it's a great combination of things, and uh, being able to kind of get back and forth. I do a lot of stuff in LA, and and hoping to get back into the Vancouver market and stuff like that. It's just a it's just a mix of everything that I love in one spot or one area. So I'm pretty excited about it.
0: Well, that's exciting. I Vegas is one of my absolute favorite places on this earth. I, I, will lo- I never stopped going there. Yeah,
1: I never. I love love Vegas. It's I didn't want to leave the first time and, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, I did, I did want to leave. It was it's uh it was it was it was just surprising if you would have told me when I first moved there that I would have loved it so much that I didn't want to leave. I would have called anyone crazy because, you know, people only see Vegas from a strip standpoint and there's so many things just beyond that strip right. uh, and, and it's it's really what you could really make yourself whatever you want to make yourself in there if you if you're willing to put you know put yourself in that position it's, it's a good place
0: oh 100 percent. i don't know if you follow the horror model her name is sarah Macab. yes okay so sarah and i we can't even get over this so her and i are literally cut from the same soul She is the East Coast version of me, and I am this west coast version of her it is crazy we wear the same things our hair looks the same on the same days there's been so many times where we'll be chatting and we're both sitting in the bath at the same time and (laughs) so her and I are destined to meet and I was telling her because she's moving she's moving to Virginia not only do I want to go to Virginia but I was telling her that her and I should go to Vegas together so maybe in the future you can shoot her and I together
1: Oh, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah, that that would be really, really cool. Oh man, that'd be really, really cool.
0: I know, and the 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 places out there you can shoot too.
1: Oh, that's the thing. the The aesthetic, the 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 whole aesthetic of the West in general, Mm -hmm. especially thirty five millimeter stuff like that, is sort of insane. And now, like, and it's growing, and it's just so many things that that make what you do whatever it is you know whether you want it to be the 60s aesthetic 70s aesthetic you want to go old school new school it's just it's it's just perfect for a lot of things
0: i agree with you and it also there's an automatic haziness to it which yes. is just beautiful for a film
1: oh man Ah, oh, the desert is Between there and Joshua Tree and then, like, those areas of Victorville and stuff like that, like, they are literally made for, like, shooting digitally is robbing yourself of what it will look like on 35 millimeter. Shooting Super 8 or Super 16, it's just, there's a level of authenticity that you cannot, you would have to try to put a filter on and it would look really dumb. Mm. So it's it's, it's just a great place uh, to do anything artistically. I've had a couple of short films out there. I already have a short film idea to go back out there. And and one of my first features that ended up not happening is based out there. So there's a lot of things that I'm going to be running around with uh, out there uh, between there and California. And and I'm pretty excited for what that all it's going to end up being.
0: Well, that's awesome. So speaking of that aesthetic, Uh that that makes me want to talk about your top five favorite horror movies awesome so we've talked about these in the previous episode so this might be you know to you and i recirculated information but new to the ears of people out there and uh when i talk about that kind of aesthetic right away i think of texas chainsaw because that was yes that kind of aesthetic
1: yes it's uh the <sighs> Between, I think, like you know, with North Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, uh, and you know Nevada and and California parts of it, the, the aesthetic, the landscape is another character. It yeah. really is. It's it it really is. Like, could you imagine Texas Chainsaw Massacre in New York City? No, you couldn't. It wouldn't have the same. You know, what I mean? it wouldn't have the same feel. It, no. It, it genuinely would just—it would just feel like some, you know, raging maniac with a chainsaw running between buildings in Manhattan. Like it, I don't even know if there'd be any suspense for that. Whereas, well, no,
0: no. Or in the rain, I
1: just—it just—it I I wouldn't be able to to take that. <laughs> I wouldn't no. be able to take it seriously. It's just not. I would just be like, who wrote this? Like this is crazy. Uh, I just
0: picture someone having to, he has to stop for a moment and pull out an umbrella. Like, yeah, exactly.
1: It's, it's so crazy, but, but like the desert, the open space, the barren unknown, the, you know, the elements, the heat, Mm -hmm. uh, but then all of a sudden it could be ice cold. Uh, the, the openness where there's no place to hide. I think that's like the thing that really turns people into going, wow, this is terrifying because think about it. It's a flat area. You can only run toward the mountains. There's only deserts. The if the if the animals don't get you, the the insects will, and it's not like you can hide anywhere. It's mm-hmm. it's your it's you versus them in a flat space with nowhere else to go. That's terrifying. Or like looking out and seeing the only place you could run to or run away from is the very house you just escaped from. Oh, that uh, yeah,
0: that is absolutely terrifying.
1: Like I I think the landscape might be. I've actually a couple of years ago I did a whole thing on saying to like if you really think about it, the landscape is as terrifying as the chainsaw because uh, where do you go you yeah, have to stand and fight or you're or you're hiding in the barn and they're gonna find you it's it, it, I agree it's,
0: it's terrifying
1: terrifying to know like in New York or la you know there are buildings and subway tunnels and all that stuff but in North Texas you can build your the zombie apocalypse could happen in North Texas to to Nevada and, and parts of that state, and no one would ever know. <laughs> it's 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 it really is. It's just you and the mountains and whatever's in the mountains. Uh, it, it's I think that's what adds the aesthetic for that type of for that for Texas Chainsaw Massacre is just as deadly as that chainsaw.
0: Oh, a hundred percent, hundred percent. So then, talk about why you love this one so much, aside from that, obviously.
1: I think it is the, well, I mean, it's a good and bad thing. The good thing is no matter what, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is timeless. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, It will survive. It will outlive us. And it will be the base model for every horror movie going forward that brings up a slasher. I even... I I I try not to call it just a slasher because it really is. It's a mix of everything. It's a slasher. It's a psychological thriller. It's it's got some horror like gore stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I won't count some of the sequels in the middle and then the reboots. <laughs> no, I won't do that because <laughs> the, the the thing is, they were like, "Oh, this is scary." You know what? Uh, let's try to do this again and again and again. <laughs> um, and like the original was just i don't there's a lot of movies that don't exist without the original, and yes. the original was just the, the it's just amazing um I think it was just a well written well drawn out well visualized and it showed everything like it was like this the set like this is this is what you want to be you want jump scares you want you know this is before jump scares became predictable this is like look there's a maniac with skin for a face that's not his holding a chainsaw this is the ultimate terror Mm -hmm. and that's why i always appreciate it because it really is uh, in horror movies it's the it is the the jordan of slashers every slasher movie plays to this movie and and I, i don't think it gets much better than that
0: yeah i completely agree with you uh, some fun facts that uh, you've heard before, and you, you'll hear it again. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me just see. I tried to look up another anymore. Let me see if I got any more. I did not. I found a few more for Halloween. But um, okay. uh, so if for anybody who doesn't already know this, that one of the inspirations of this movie, uh, aside from Ed Gain... Was when the director Toby Hooper was in a big Christmas crowd and he was frustrated. He found himself near a display rack of chainsaws. So apparently he zoned in on the chainsaws and he said, I thought I know a way I could get through this crowd really quickly. And when he got home, he said the whole story just came to him in like 30 seconds. Oh, wow. And I love That's that. That's
1: still crazy. That, still, I love that. Still amazing. Still amazing to hear.
0: I just, who admits that they see a chainsaw and they're stuck in a crowd of people and then think to themselves, I know a way I to get out of here quickly. I mean, <laughs> have we all thought something like that? 100%.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like, well, I, I can literally like, cut my way through here and <laughs> honestly, that's the thing. I think the part that really freaks people out about the movie is uh, a good horror movie makes you question the fact that you thought this yourself.
2: Oh like yeah, like I'm like oh my god! Like I
1: just thought, like you hear that and you go, "Wait, I've definitely been in a crowd in New Jersey, in New Jersey or New York." Going, there are so many people here. I and if I, you know, and you think about it, I'm like, "Oh, that's oh, I would never do that." And then all of a sudden, you see it put up on you. Go, oh my god, this guy thinks this. And you start to question, "Wow, am I like a bad person?" <laughs> no, it's just these are like you know these are natural instincts that happen. So it's 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 cool to see that that spawned. You know, this movie, that's amazing.
0: I agree. I totally agree with you. Um, And then Leatherface was actually inspired by a doctor that he knew. That he told uh, this article, the Texas Monthly, that he remembered the doctor was a pre-med student who was studying cadavers. And the doctor went into the morgue and skinned a cadaver and made a mask for Halloween. So they decided then that Leatherface would have to have a different human skin mask to fit each of his moods. I just the wow. I, the idea of of this doctor showing up at a Halloween party with a legitimately skinned cadaver face mask.
1: Oh, uh, look! I mean, at that point, uh, like you're like, "Oh, it looks so real," and he goes, "It is real." And I'm like, okay. Uh. I- Like, what do you, you, how do you, you, how do
2: you, yeah, what?
1: What? Like, (laughs) don't know where to go here. Like, he's like, oh, I thought it was funny. Yeah, it's something.
0: (laughs) As you're quietly walking out the back, dialing 911 on your phone.
1: (laughs) Just slowly backing away. And and by the time I'm dialing 911, I'm already in my car. It's like, by the way, God with the human mask. In the party,
2: God I'm not with there the anymore. The human
1: mask, God with the human mask, not there right now. He's Have you told anyone else? No, <laughs> but I'm already gone. <laughs> no one's gonna believe me anyway, so I left the party.
0: But you know no, what's really funny, you know what's really funny about that? Just thinking in terms of a horror movie, if it was a blonde girl, she'd be going upstairs with him,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm like, wow. She's like, oh, where where did Mandy go? Oh, she went upstairs with the doctor, the guy yeah. with the skin. Okay, everyone out! Everyone out! Everyone out! We gotta go. Yeah. Are we gonna Are we gonna let her know? No, no, no. She's already gone. It's nothing we can do. We can save ourselves.
2: She's <laughs> gone.
1: She's already gone. She she made her choice.
0: That's right. Oh, the tropes are so true, though.
1: Oh man, I mean they've gotten better about it, and it's taken you know, like an Ari Aster or Jordan Peele to kind of just, like, destroy those tropes. Mm-hmm. But there's still a place for those tropes because you can do a 90s slasher, like a Fear Street and stuff like that, and realistically, there's still a, a thirst for it. That's why there's going to be another Scream and probably another who, you know, I know what you did last summer. I think that they're trying to get back urban legends, but I don't think that's going to happen. But it's, it's a, uh, there's a, I don't think anyone's ever going to get tired of the slasher. So those tropes will live on forever.
0: Yeah. I agree. Completely agree. I like it when they embrace the tropes though, like in Cabin in yes. the Woods. That movie was yes. just so tongue in cheek and very satisfying to watch. Cause the tropes were so obvious.
1: Exactly. Like, perfectly like I'll placed. be right back. I'm like, Oh my God, here we go. <laughs> yeah. we, we already know what's going to happen. Like, like you're still watching because you're you're it's ingrained in your psyche like you know yeah. okay yeah. we know what's gonna happen but uh, let's see how it happens
0: yeah 100 percent um so your next favorite horror movie is john carpenter's halloween
1: so john carpenter's halloween again another slasher that has been remade so many times or rebooted and then Rob Zombie got in there and I don't know where the hell he was going uh but now
0: <laughs> see I liked the his one,
1: versions I liked them but it was like when when I think of Halloween it's so weird and, and it's it's really good because from a from a filmmaker standpoint you see the differences everyone's got a different perspective or I and when they were making them as sort of like sequels They were so starkly different from Mm -hmm. John Carpenter's. But then I'm like, all right, in my head, I'm like, well, I guess I got to understand that because no one's going to be able to nail this quite like he did. But then you see the new Halloween stuff, Halloween Kills, and I'm like, wow, wait a minute. These feel John Carpenter-like. And so I respect the Rob Zombie ones as they are by themselves.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: For sure. Uh, from from a canon perspective, no, but from by himself, because Rob Zombie, you know, it will always have my respect for, you know, *Free from Hell and stuff like that. I like his, his the way he looks at horror, because Rob Zombie, I feel like, is the epitome of everything that, from the standpoint of a, a from the average horror fan... If you look at a Rob Zombie film, that is what horror is to them. So somebody who is deep in a horror like yourself, like me, like Brewster, you look at it and you appreciate it for what it is, but you also know what it is, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's important. But like the John Carpenter one, I I love Michael Myers. I love it. Uh, I I enjoy I enjoyed that because for the simplest reason, the lighting. It's so funny to say this, but like. He was there, but he wasn't there. He was scary, but he wasn't sc- like he was scary. Mm-hmm. But it was less about the body, more about he would just appear. You know what I mean? Like he was like his. You see his mask, and you're like, oh, well, whatever that is, it's dead. He's over. It, it to be able to play with shadows, I mean, the average person is scared of anything in the shadows. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and and the way it was written, the way it was brought out, Jamie Lee Curtis is just. I mean, if if there was evidence that. Genes, specific genes are passed down from mother to daughter or father to son or somewhere in between. It is Jamie Lee Curtis, who is quintessentially what her mom was, mm-hmm. which is like the ultimate scream queen, but tough and, and and just an amazing actress. But John Carpenter in general, it was just it was just a, as I said, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the quintessential, you know, slasher. I would say that Michael Myers and Halloween uh, are the things that finally brought that horror to the suburbs. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? like it. When you look at Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's out there in the desert. You're not worried about him coming to New York. You're not worried about him coming to the suburbs of your town. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a killer that is willing to come into your wonderful three-by-two house <laughs> and kill everyone in your house, like without thought. Was With really no reason other than to, you know, stay in the area. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like you know, it's, it's a, it's a thing that brought horror movies even more so. Like, like if you do it right, and you put them in the suburbs. Like think about it. Jason was at a summer camp, and then when they brought him into Manhattan, that was absolute bullshit. So it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was like this is. It was like, oh man, this is terrible. Like I, I wanted to be good and you know, Freddie was in your dreams. Yeah. Like think about think, think about all the horror icons that have been brought to the city and it just went bad. Leprechaun. <laughs> it was leprechaun in the hood. This was doomed. It was doomed.
2: Doomed. <laughs> doomed. It was
1: no- Meanwhile, Jennifer Anderson has clearly blown up since then, but that movie was doomed. So it's because no one really believes that in the city that these type of things can exist at that time. And now you but you put, you know, suburban serial killer who's not even trying to hide. He is literally just walking around at night and stabbing people with a kitchen knife, a cut yeah. code knife. <laughs> like, that's it. Like that's that's terrifying because you left the city to avoid what you thought could only happen in the city. And I think they capitalized off of that fear, especially in the 70s and 80s where everyone was running from the cities to the suburbs. Right. You know, now, the danger of the city is following you. And I think between a superb script, it was unbelievably shot, but capitalizing off of the fear of just because you left the city doesn't mean that this can't happen in your lovely suburb home. Um, and I appreciate that, and I think that is kind of part of why Scream in my head is has capitalized, because that's another film that showed Oh, it doesn't have to be the city. It can be your po-dunk town in the middle of nowhere
2: mm-hmm. with a lot
1: of houses. And I think I, I think the thing that makes it scary, though, is that at least Scream, they do the whole Scooby-Doo, you know, let's see who's behind the mask.
2: Yes. And, you know, it's
1: like, oh, if it weren't for you kids, like that type of thing. Whereas you... Michael Myers, Michael Myers is, I mean, you ha- we haven't even really seen his face.
0: <laughs> like, somebody, have, I thought but, I, s- I read that you see his face in the new one.
1: I apparently, so, I mean, yeah. we, think about it. Think about all the movies that are not like, even the non-canon sequels. I mean, even if I have to think about Halloween season of the witch, eh, that was that was awful. But you don't see his face. We've had yeah. like 10 Michael Myers movies rebooted and you don't see his face, you just see his mask.
0: I know, Man, it's so creepy.
1: That's crazy. We've seen Jason's disfigured face you know we've technically seen leatherface's face and his other faces Mm -hmm. but (laughs) just but we've never seen michael myers's face and he's been through he's been set on fire his head's been chopped off all these things you've never seen his face and i think that level of terror is palpable but also shows a tremendous amount of respect to think that no one tried to change that formula for almost 40 years
0: it's true
1: so it's uh, fifty years almost. So it's 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 impressive. Its staying power alone, all alone, is is why I love that movie so much.
0: Well, it, yeah, it's uh, and the timing of us talking about this as well. Like we're gonna have to go and watch the new one and then circle back and talk about oh, it.
1: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I'm, I am, I I've been this excited. I mean, when I saw Halloween, and then I've been this excited for a horror genre film in a very long time that wasn't like Arias or Jordan. Jordan like, this yeah. is a throwback. <laughs> this is a throwback, and I thought it was going to fail. And it's, it's amazing. And I'm very, very excited to see it.
0: I can't wait to see what you think. Um, so just a couple of fun facts about this movie. I found out that um, Jamie Lee Curtis was paid $8,000 for that entire role for that movie. Oh, wow. But it was her first film, so... Mm. she's obviously done well for herself since then so quite um and then a couple other ones that i've already mentioned to you but um this movie was written in or sorry the script the original script was written in just 10 days uh that carpenter completed the entire score in three days which is crazy
1: crazy i know and that score, oh my God, think about it. Before you, if you could play that over a loudspeaker anywhere in the world and everyone knows that sound. Oh, they I've, know that, that. I've
0: heard my six-year-old son sing it. And I look at him and yeah, I'm like, yeah. where have you heard this before?
1: That's what I'm saying. It's like, where it's out of nowhere. Like mm-hmm. I would put that score, that song, up that theme up there with like two tubular bells from The Exorcist. Like, you hear that. You know something's bad. Like <laughs> it's like yeah. There's like, no
0: good coming from this. There's
1: no good coming from this. Like <laughs> oh my god, where is he? Just start running in the general direction.
0: <laughs> Get away from the music. Yes. <laughs> um. And uh, also, the original script was titled "The Babysitter Murders," but because of a lack of budget, they needed to have the story take place in one night, so they called it Halloween. Which is the scariest night of the year. Yes, it is. Apparently. (laughs) Every night is my scariest night.
1: Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
0: So, Sean of the Dead, you love this one too.
1: Yes. Sean of the Dead, anything really with, with, uh, we actually, me me and, and Brewster literally spoke about this, uh, the trilogy. Shaun of mm. the Dead is maybe the maybe the first movie that a it makes like the 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 zombie genre has been done to death. Yes. Um at that point there was there was really nothing new that was being presented. And and anything that could come close might be all right, but it was nothing that we hadn't seen before and shawn of the dead presented itself as the thing that i was really stuck on which was a dark comedy but this was like ultra dark like it was like people get getting eaten but also you're laughing your ass off because the british just get humor and mm-hmm. dark humor and they're also on a different level of slang than we will ever be uh and it's it's just a, a mixture of i'm laughing but this is this is bloody as hell and they take the extreme of two and uh, honestly like i said simon pegg and nick frost are just absolute geniuses of just being funny but also gory uh, a
0: perfect example of that i was reading up on it a little bit too is the scene where the two of them start throwing their records at the zombies and they kind mm-hmm. of while they're doing it they start reminiscing on the music that's in there, yep. and they're talking about the vinyl. That is not the, the time that you're going to sit and talk about music when you've got zombies and coming you, at
1: you. Exactly, and they're having this conversation, <laughs> and it's just like if it, it's, it was so surreal and almost absurd because they're trying to be normal in a normal life, but your life is not normal <laughs> because you are throwing vinyl at zombie that's heads. Z- There's nothing... It's like it's like it's like you're you're having your cooking dinner and while you're cooking dinner you're shooting out the window at zombies like life is normal but not really but we're going to pretend it is <laughs> yeah. and it's it's but it's like so surreal because it works cuz you're sitting there going I'm invested in them killing the zombies but I also disagree with some of their music picks like it's <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's so weird cuz your brain should be like run away but actually let me talk to you about this vinyl, and it's 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 just a great combination—the surrealism, the uh, the absurdity of what is being a zombie or having zombies, and then having the absurd conversation within that absurd situation—is the entirety of the movie. And there are mm-hmm. extremes of being hilarious and also desperately gory, and it works. And they've done it three times, and they're just fantastic at it. I could probably watch that movie once or twice a month and laugh at it and laugh at it like it's brand new it's just unbelievable
0: it it, yeah it's brilliant i agree with you i'm I'm, you've inspired me i think i'm gonna have to watch it again
1: oh it's great i i and i probably will do the same
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have to come back and have more conversations about these movies again then
1: absolutely i agree
0: Uh, So some facts I found out about this. They said the word fuck 77 times in that movie, which I love. (laughs)
1: That's
0: awesome. Um, Also, this is hilarious. The first zombie that Ed and Sean find in their garden is Mary, who is the checkout girl from the film's opening credit montage. And so Frost and Peg wrote a comic written by them called There's Something About Mary That Details How She Ended Up in the Garden. (laughs)
1: No, <laughs> that's
0: awesome. I, I just I love them. That's only they would do that.
1: Yeah, that's 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 perfect. Actually, that's great. I love that, and they're just a great team. They're a dynamic duo.
0: Hundred percent, I agree with you. It they they kind of remind me a little bit of Kean Peel,
1: in yes. terms of
0: the connection.
1: hmm. It's a clear connection. It's such, <laughs> it's such, like it's an effortless connection.
0: Effortless. Yes. Yes. I wonder if Jordan's ever going to bring Keegan over to his horror world.
1: Uh, That's a good question. Realistically, they're both doing really well and opposite of how we all got to know them. I know. Um, know. It's so like, like, you know, Keegan is still funny, but he's been in some serious roles and I'm like, oh man, he can act.
0: Yeah, he can act. He's
1: good. And, 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 and Jordan is the horror genius at this point is just they've they've just changed the game of of what is what is scary and the thing the thing that you we you know to kind of come almost full circle is to watch him make real things really scary that Mm -hmm. are actually really happening versus Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is, you know, the landscape that not everyone lives in is the scary thing, and then the chainsaw, and then, then they scared you even more with the suburban killer that just does it indiscriminately. Now, he's bringing in social things that are happening now, and uh, these are real things. Like, you leave the movie, and you, you're walking into the very things they're talking about. It's, a, it's terrifying, uh, and, and that's the new horror.
0: I agree, and I think I'm I'm so stoked that we are part of his generation because oh, yeah. I truly think he is one of the best horror directors, and he's only directed two, two. movies. That is intense two. for horror fans to think that he's one of the best, and he's done
1: oh, man. two. He is what 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 Hitchcock was to suspense is what Peel is to horror, and in mm-hmm. the sense of. Hitchcock, you knew in the first two or three movies. Holy crap. Jordan Peele, the reason why is that uh, he's so good, but then you have to remember how we met him. He made us laugh. I know. And and the thing is, most people, I think I said this to you before, there's a very thin line between the light and the dark when you're a comedian or you make people laugh. Um, I always make the joke that I would, I was always an okay comedian because I'm a genuinely happy person for the most part. Whereas when you are com- a com- a comedian or do comedic stuff, there's a darkness that's there for many of them. You know, mm-hmm. like Robin Williams and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, you know, it, 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 it. You're good at like hell. Even look at like what, what's going on with Ellen. Ellen seems like she's fun. She's very funny, nicest person in the world, But then there's a dark side to that. Yeah. Um. And it's and the thing is, not everyone can capitalize the way he has. He's managed to make that into two different careers. I know. And and you're just sitting there going, this is, wait, hold on. Jordan Peele from Keanu Peele I... wrote this? Like, I remember when I first heard about the movie and I go, is there another Jordan Peele? I know, I and did goes, the same thing. There must be another Jordan Peele. I'm like, this isn't, is this the Jordan Peele from like Keanu Jordan Peele? It's like, oh wow. I know. Then he put, I... did... it's, 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 it was insane for me. It was like, he did Get Out. Then he did Us. Then I'm like, all right. Then he did Candyman, which doing a reboot slash sequel slash... Mm-hmm. And he crushed it. And they are all real things. They are things that are like the story behind them, the creation of so many of these things is like, wow. Okay, this is this is kind of close. And, mm-hmm. and now he's a... Uh, I think the... Um, The new ones coming out with is a horror film called nope Mm -hmm. and i am just eagerly awaiting what that's going to be and
0: i've heard it's about aliens
1: i i I think so i think i'm pretty sure there's steve yun's in it who's awesome um and uh uh, daniel uh kalua uh kaluuya it was was, he's going to be in it and i think kiki palmer wait
0: daniel from Candyman.
1: Uh no 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 Daniel from um
0: is that The Walking see, Dead? Uh, Am I getting the nope. names?
1: <laughs> no no Steve the, yeah Steve Yoon who the uh what was his name on or who's the Asian the, the Asian actor on Walking Dead? He's in it.
0: Oh yes, yeah, so, so. yeah. Oh Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out.
1: Yes, he's yeah he's in that as well Kiki like oh. Palmer. So I'm very very interested to see. Because I know some people who, uh, they were shooting that in June and I think they wrapped a while ago, but they were shooting that in June in LA and it's, a it's going to be, a it's, it's, it's going to be good. It's like, going to be good. Cause every time I think I know what he's going to do, it's something completely different. I go, you gotta be kidding me. I this
2: know. Is incredible. There
0: is an end, never an endless, sem- the. He will never, ever, ever stop being a genius. It is absolutely yes. crazy. But what yes. I, since we've chatted our first episode, um, and then I, we both obviously saw Candyman, I've been, I can't stop thinking about Jordan Peele and his movies. I think about them all the time. I talk about them all the time. Us is my second favorite movie of all time. And mm. what I what I really love about it is, like, I like to hear your perspectives because we have very differing you know, perspectives of these movies and our experiences. But what's really interesting to me is Jordan Peele is a black man, but he's making these movies horrifying and appealing to such a wide variety of people. So as a white woman, I'm still seeing all of the intricacies of horror in his movies and how he can do that and appeal to me. Is yes. Incredibly, it's it's yeah. just so massive.
1: It's one of the things, and I I, I I teach screenwriting, and I and I try to, and I do, you know, give advice and advise on younger screenwriters and even screenwriters my own age. And the thing that's important is the ability to appeal to the the average movie moviegoer or to the specific moviegoer and to do that across race color and creed that is be that's remarkable not even impressive Mm -hmm. remarkable and that's what they look for you know if you you have to write you know I always say you write with you write two ways you write to be able to make it yourself and then you got to write for someone you know you're writing to sell or you're writing for someone to make it for you And the reason why it's important is when you write for someone to make it for you or to sell, you're writing it for the average audience that exists around you Um, and whoever that is, you know. And some people struggle with that because they may not necessarily have had a diverse upbringing or existence Mm -hmm. in that way. And some people have the ability to talk to everything and everyone via paper or whatever. I've, I've sat and analyzed. I'm like, wow, he's just he can appeal to anybody. You could be a Martian and you're going to look at this and go, this is incredible. I... Like, It's, it's, it's just a knack for finding that. And in the horror genre as a, as a, as an African-American man in the horror genre, that is beyond remarkable. Like yeah. doing it in the comedy drama, you know, like, you know, Spike Lee has been doing it and Black Klansman and all sorts of things. He's been finding a way to find his very specific Neighborhood-like movies, but appealing. You know, Ava Devaney, all those They've done a fantastic job. Regina King. They've all shown movies that have uh, appeal across. But that is on bigger genres. The comedies, the dramas, the the sub-genres of comedy. The thrillers, the action movies. Very easy. But to really look at horror. And horror, for all the popularity, is on two ends of the spectrum horror is the most bankable of all bankable genres not with a superhero in it uh you can literally make a horror movie and honest to god with the right distribution it could blow up somewhere and go places but at the same time horror is still a specific genre so Mm -hmm. for every me and you that love it there are eight or nine people who are not comfortable watching certain things and that is something that he has managed to Completely blow out of the water. I know. The average moviegoer who would never watch certain horror movies, suddenly a horror. they're diving into other similar horror or, you know, scary things. Like, there's a movie coming out called Black Phone with uh, uh, Ethan Hawke. Mm -hmm. And that movie is in the same vein where there's not anything bloody or horror, but it's still a horror movie. And you sit there and you go, man these people are into these things because it appeals across the board. But there are more people who have never watched anything like this watching it now. And I would say between Jordan Peele and Ari Aster, it's because of them. They've made the mundane scary. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, they've the and the mundane is everyone's mundane. It's not just, you know, white folks or black folks now. So like we are into the same things, but now, the average person in your life who, who would never be into horror probably loved Get Out, yeah, and probably loved Us, and will probably and, and and loved Candyman. That is a remarkable talent, and to be able to just be able to pull in everyone, man, you can't you can't buy that. It's that's either there or it's not. I know. Uh, it's, it's just fantastic.
0: It's, I know. It's it's. It's crazy. Like, we could have just an episode talking about Jordan Peele because yes, there's going to be, t- like, classes taught about him.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. He He's, and the pacing in which he's making these movies is what makes it even better.
0: Oh, he better keep up. He... If he ever stops. <laughs> oh, the...
1: Yeah, like, his spacing is good. He's not just making films to make films. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's a thought out. These are things that he's probably worked on that weren't cool back in the day, but now they're good now. Um, if you think about it, like he's got what? I think it's one every two years. You know, mm-hmm. you got Get Out was like two thousand seventeen, and Us was twenty nineteen. Candyman mm-hmm. was this year, and then Nope in uh, is uh, I think it's next is year. Next year, and I think he has another one. It's like a, a animated one, but I think he's either actually wait, now that I think about it. I think Keegan Michael Key is supposed to be in that uh, animated one.
0: Yay! I think I
1: heard that. So that's pretty cool. So like, and he's so he's doing movies once every two years that are working out, and honestly, that's a great pace. He's not taking on just about anything. His he dipped his toe into the franchise type of thing, with Candyman. Which personally, I hope they leave Candyman as is. I don't want them to make a sequel.
0: Oh, they better not. It was such but a beautiful yeah. ending.
1: It was really, it really was. It, I don't want them Mm-mm. to do that. But, they better you know, not. Hollywood has a thing about, Hollywood. ooh, this thing made money. And it's like, yes, that doesn't mean you have to make more of it. And in their heads, like, uh, what'd you say? Yes, that means exactly that we have hey. to make more of it. <laughs> I mean, the thing was 25 billion. I think it made like a hundred million. And, and mind you, this is like during COVID where movie numbers are nowhere near where they used to. Mm-hmm. So i i can't i can only imagine somebody sitting there go all right i need you to write a sequel and jordan's like eh, no no i don't want that so i, I hope it's, i hope that stands pat that's for sure
0: i have a feeling it will i have nothing but the most faith in him
1: yes absolutely
0: so just a couple little um fun facts about get out and this is stuff we've talked about but this still blows my mind so jordan peele wrote more than 200 drafts of the script he didn't believe a producer would ever fund it so it was a writing exercise to him like this guy out he's you know what your drive reminds me of jordan peele's drive
1: that you just made (sighs) wow I got chills. Like I, <laughs> if I, if I could hug you right now, for thank you. Oh my God, thank you so much. Like, but I,
0: I compare it to that because I mean, when Jordan Peele would have been writing this, Key and Peele would have been happening. Yeah, I I believe. That was- like very time consuming as far as i've been reading oh, yeah. about it he was also yeah. he he had a baby not that long ago like this guy's yep, got married busy. they got married he did keanu he ev- they did everything with that so for him to sit down and have the forethought to write one script 200 times as a uh, writing exercise you have and, to have the same kind of passion you do
1: and and, and realistically I, i've I've sat in classes and people are like they'll do like a draft or two. And I've had people ask me, well, How many? Draft? I'm like, Honestly, I wrote this six years ago. And this, I, I sat down and wrote it again for the 50th to 60th time because I thought this was the right time. And then when it wasn't the right time, I just put it back and then I would come back to it in the middle. The number of drafts handwritten that I've written, like whole books, like one day I'm going to send you a picture, you'll see like all these Moleskine books and most of them are just completely full of maybe the same movie or the same script or they're parts of a short film that turned into a full thing. And you, you just got to be that person because if you, it's, you, you need to get that thought out. Two hundred times is sounds about right. Oh my I mean, god,
0: that's insane to me.
1: Yeah, but I like, mean, the way you're talking
0: it. about it, though, that's what I'm saying. You've got that drive and that passion. That's I impressive. I Appreciate
1: that. I, I I really appreciate that. And so far, so good. You know, right now, <laughs> keep just, it up. <laughs> keep, just just keeping it up, and 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 it's always good to have people around you who don't look at you like, man, he's writing again. Instead of going, Oh, he's doing his thing. Leave him alone. And I love that. I love that. I have this, this support system around me of, of people going, oh, I kept, where's Kevin? Oh, don't bother him. He's he's writing, talk to like, it's at the point right now where people know if they are making plans, they don't even text me anymore. They text Jess, who then (laughs) makes the plans and they're like, that doesn't bother you. I'm like, absolutely not. Do you know how many times I get in my head and I'm just writing and then you'll throw me off the track and then I'm like, I won't answer and I feel bad because I'm not ignoring you, but I'm doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, but, knowing that I have people around me that are like, Oh yeah, just give it to Jess. Jess will tell him and she'll put in the calendar and he'll look up and go, All right, this is what I gotta do. And <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a great system. It makes it very easy to be that guy to drive fifty or sixty drafts and and have like I, I think I might have told you the story. My the first time Jess came to my apartment and I completely forgot I did this. I was in the middle of uh, writing a script that I eventually ended up selling. And she walked in the room and there were index cards covering every wall in the room. And all I could think of was this woman must think I'm a serial killer. Holy crap. <laughs> like, I genuinely forgot. We were talking, we went out, she came back. I walked in the room and automatically stopped in front of the door and I go, oh my God, oh my God, what did I just do? And she goes, what? And she looked in the room and she goes, what the hell is this? And I go, uh, this is how I lay out my scripts sometimes when I get close to like ready to type them, and and that was three years ago. And now when I say okay, I think I'm almost done, she goes to the store and gets index cards, oh. <laughs> and it's like it's like the best system in the world. Now she's found that Post-It does sticky index cards, so it makes it a lot easier instead of me putting tape. So she bought me those. Uh, <laughs>
0: Oh,
2: I love so, that.
1: <laughs> so, it was really it was really really cool cuz I tell people that I'm like I I told her straight up, you could have ran out that door and I would have been like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> like, Yeah, I get it. Like, she's like, "What happened?" I I, I she probably thinks I'm a killer. It's fine. It's fine.
0: <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine that she it's thinks fine. that.
1: <laughs> it's fine. I but can't she I can't even oh. dispute it. But she didn't and that worked out really well.
0: Well, that's it. I like that. I like that's good beginning story it's not yeah. um the starting of the notebook or some trashy yeah exactly no it's got like that.
1: yeah no one who who actually starts a romance like that nothing Ugh. starts that way this Ugh, is why i like I,
0: horror movies there's way more possibilities of romance starting in horror movies people it makes running away from something together and they come together through trauma I get
1: that. Yes, it makes (laughs) makes perfect sense. It's just like that actually makes more sense than some of the rom-com stuff. And I'm like, nobody beats this way anymore. What the heck is this? I know.
0: I I don't know. Um, Another fun fact of Get Out is it was inspired by Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Mm -hmm. Murphy jokes about how white protagonists in haunted house movies, like the poltergeist, they just never leave the house. (laughs)
1: yeah I remember that
0: and what I was thinking about when you were talking about the story of the doctor with the face and how you were just walking out the door like I left sorry I'm not there anymore I'm gone
1: whereas you've got got,
0: like the 30 other white people that are like let's keep partying with the doctor
1: Mm -mm. yep nope he could (laughs) have walked and honestly I've jokingly said since I saw that the poster was uh, for the movie was called Nope and I... I, there's a couple of things you'll see like on TikTok and for people where it says what black people do when they hear a noise <laughs> and you they just turn and look in the direction but we automatically don't move and then when we can move we leave the house yeah. we automatically leave there are, there are horror movies that would end before they began if I walked in and saw a ghost in my apartment I'd be like nope and out the door I go I won't, I'm just gone like, like yeah, but so it's just so
0: funny in, where then you know you've got someone else who's like i need to pull out a ouija board and bring out the yeah, spirit
2: yeah. and <laughs>
1: i i promise you i would be the quickest and the fastest comic relief ever It's like oh let's talk to the spirits you're a <laughs> paul we... time out okay guys i'm gonna go um uh, you guys need anything from the we are you got beer okay look i'm just gonna go home i'm not gonna lie <laughs> of you guys it's i the... love it though you yeah. would
0: just leave them there
1: Oh, it's over. Like, listen, if there's something I've learned that when, when, the, when the white folks in my life want to go and see what's going on, there's nothing you can do to stop them. So all you can do is I'm going to warn you something's in that bush. Oh, let's. OK. I told you something's in that bush. If you're not blood related to me or like dating me or a close friend, I'm just like, hey, man, good luck, man. I don't know what to tell you. This is gonna end badly. I will tell them. I always say to my friends, I will tell them your story. <laughs> I will, I will, <laughs> he's running into the house. What happened to Trevor? I'll tell him your story, bro. I, I don't know what <laughs> you were thinking. There's so no when, way you're, when you're watching
0: house. most of these movies, then you're probably just shaking your head like,
1: "Oh why? my god, why, it's, why, why?" Like I sit there and I try not to like, like I'll be sitting with friends and I'm just looking and. I'm laughing and they're like, why are you laughing? I'm like, because the film, working in film has ruined film for me in the sense of you look at things and you notice when things are off, lighting, blah, blah, blah. But then when you watch a horror movie, which I can turn all that off, then it's the comedic side of me going, are you joking right now? Why would you go up the stairs, the doors right there? You heard a bump in the bathroom. You are in the living room next to the door to leave. <laughs> Unless this thing is going to jump out of the window to get you, get in your car, go. <laughs> like call the police on the way out the door. Yeah. And and in a real life situation, a doctor walks in with and you say, "Hey, that's a real looking mask." It's like, "Oh, it's real skin." Automatically, there's going to be a group of people go, "Wow, let me touch it." Yeah. By the time they even notice that i'm i'm gone i'm i'm ai I'm vapor (laughs) i'm at i'm at the bar down the street and they're like hey where'd you come from you know honestly you're gonna hear sirens in a couple of minutes and um yeah i told them (laughs) and i'm gonna sip my beer and watch the game and that's roll credits that's it
0: yeah that's the end (laughs) it would it would be a shorter movie
1: yeah it'd be five five to seven minutes tops
0: But that kind of would make an interesting movie, though, trying to make a movie in terms of that and having it end. That's that's an interesting concept.
1: I mean, that is, I'm sure it's probably been done, but that would be a funny short where Mm -hmm. you just walk in and, and like, there was a picture you put up uh, with the, uh, I think you guys were wearing white, and there was a baby, like you had a baby face mask. Yes. And I imagine in my head, I walk into the house, I go into live-on. I see you two sitting there just staring at me. All right. And I'm going to turn around, <laughs> pick up my bag, walk out the door. And that's it. Roll the credits as I'm closing the door. You, whoever directed this, whoever produced it, it's over. Like It's literally a seven-minute movie because you got blood on you, so you've already done your business. <laughs> Whatever's happening, whoever was here is already gone. So. Already gone, yeah. Can't, you can't have both of us, so good luck house is yours here are the keys the utilities are over there
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know that um that prop that we got well melissa got it and she's named him lucius um (laughs) and with that mask it was clarice it was so much fun but uh lucius is gonna be a consistent prop we're doing something really cool with him next week it's gonna be really weird (laughs)
1: You, you guys seem like you're having the time of your lives working uh, together, and I love that.
0: We we really do. I mean, Melissa and I started everything off together in this kind of partnership, and COVID has really forced us to get creative. Yep, and it's made it. Uh, it's just make, made us want to work more exclusively with one another because when you're dealing with creatives and as I'm sure you know, you've got neuro- neuroses you have to deal with, emotions, yes. attitudes, entitlement, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. anxieties, and it's yes. just, you know, Melissa and I are both full-time working moms. We don't have time for any of that stuff. So
1: Yeah, you gotta, it's, uh, you know, especially being, you know, a mom, seeing what my mom... Uh, has gone through or went through when I was younger. Dude, uh, there are times I watched my mother. I didn't realize my mom had three jobs. Like, three? <laughs> she, wow, she had three jobs until she, you know, became a full-on teacher and, and, and whatnot. And but she had three jobs. I mean, it was crazy. It's like I, I had no idea I was living a great life. And then when then all of a sudden when I became a teenager, everything came, became super easy. But when I was younger, it was. I was like wow, like, and I look back on it now. And being a mom is is incredibly hard, and then trying to be creative while being a mom and, and is is you know give yourself credit for the work ethic that you're giving to to still do all these things and balance them without potentially or already going crazy. It's
2: it's,
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's a it's a lot, you know. So I, I commend both of you guys. It's it's that is. To to still love and want to do what you want to do and be able to do that, uh, while being a mother, is superhero like. So uh, give yourselves credit. Aw, sure.
0: well, thank you. I mean, I do it as much as I do as well because I've got they're they're young. It's a four and a six year old, and so I'm like, get me out of the fucking house.
1: I need to go <laughs>
0: pretend I'm murdering something right now because I don't know. I just don't Cause... know.
1: They, where's all the energy coming from <laughs> ah! yep they Very just nice. keep going
0: oh it never ends they don't nap now so it there's oh, no. never 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 breaks
1: oh no I love that the nap was the but... the nap was a reprieve
0: yeah oh no I throw them in front of the TV so I can take a nap at times because it's it's hard mm. but anyways thank you so much for joining me today kevin Thank i feel for me. feel so honored and i'm so glad that you know our creative lives have meshed together and will continue and i love that
1: and yeah it makes me very happy i'm very excited for the future mm-hmm. um i'm excited for all, all of this this is going to be a lot of fun it's going to be a lot of success to it as well
0: i think so too Um, Is there any up-and-coming things that you'd like people to know about?
1: Uh, Let's see. Uh, Yes. So I actually have a short film called Dottie that will be going into uh, GoFundMe or Seed&Spark. That's a short film that's done very well on Coverfly, so look out for that. Um, My Instagram and my Twitter are uh, at codename underscore Leon. Uh, I have a a Polaroid picture book called This Is Highlands um, coming out in December, so I'm pretty excited about that. I chronicled my town shutting down uh, via Polaroid and how people kind of handled it, uh, which has gotten a lot of pre-sales and stuff like that. I'm very excited for that. Um, And I'm working on two scripts right now, and I hope they will get made. Um I'm kind of holding my breath on one. That's kind of a big deal. But those are the things I'm working on now. Uh and and more importantly, even more importantly, um I start to really get into producing the podcast that I'm producing uh and kind of have some ideas with that. So look out for that on kevinlmartin.com. Uh it's going to be a lot of fun toward the end of the year and 2022 is going to be crazy. It's going to be nuts. I'm really excited.
0: I am super stoked for you and for everything that you have upcoming.